Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor-in-chief at the New Books Network, and just a warning about the following interview. We had a bad phone connection, and so the audio is a little bit rough. But in any case, I hope that you enjoy the interview. Here it is. Welcome to New Books in Film. I am your host, Joel Cherney. One of the most enduring movie genres is the sports film. Dating back to the first motion pictures, athletic events as a subject have remained popular in documentaries and narrative motion pictures, both in the United States and around the world. Today, I will be speaking with Bruce Babington about his book, The Sports Film, Games People Play. The book was published in 2014 by Wallflower Press as part of their Short Cuts series. In addition to presenting a brief history of sports movies, Professor Babington also analyzed four individual films, two American, one British, and one Indian, to show the importance of the genre throughout the world. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Bruce Babington. Welcome, Bruce. How are you today? I'm fine. I think a bit nervous about being interviewed on Skype. I haven't done it before. But. I found the book to be a great historical overview of sports films and particularly enjoyed your discussion of the four films in the second part. Uh, before we get into the book itself, though, can you give me some details about your background? What is your specific experience both in teaching and writing about film? Well, I um, my, my, my uh, specific um experience in teaching writing about film. I, um, I come from New Zealand. Um, I came over to England to do postgraduate work at Oxford in literature. And once I got a job, I met people who were also interested in film. And we, sort of, just back in the 70s, when, the, when film studies were really just starting in, uh, in England, and um, we were able to set up our courses, and they developed in, in, in various kinds of ways, from uh, the one little module in undergraduate degrees to uh, um, MA, whole MA in film, and the odd PhD student, and so forth, and eventually became a professor of film at um, Newcastle, which is where I am in the north of England. So um, that, that's uh, the, the kind of experience that I've had, and I've written quite a lot. I um, with a very close uh, colleague. I wrote three books on um, American film genres. Um, one that's uh, best known, I think, is uh, it's called Political Ethics, or at least that's the one that only the, the only one that makes any money. <laughs> um, a book on the Hollywood musical, a book on um, uh, the common Hollywood comedy of the sexes, um, a couple of books on British uh, film, British stars, and um, a book on Wanderings, Gilead, two British filmmakers, um, co-authored a book on. Um, Film versions of Carmen uh, and various other things. Yeah, I think we're we're about to get a biblical epic. 
I don't know when it opens up in the United Kingdom, but on Friday it opens up here. The latest version of Exodus is. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. It doesn't seem to be very well received here. Well, you always get nervous when they have to split it into two parts. That automatically says that it's going to be a long film. But uh, okay. But what about why sports films? What brought you to this particular topic for this book? Well, I mean, when I was a child in New Zealand, of course, New Zealand's a very sports-oriented uh, culture. Um, so I was brought up playing sport. Alas, not at the highest level. I, I had to settle for <laughs> academia rather than opening the batting for New Zealand uh, uh, um, and, and, and things like that. Um, the other thing about New Zealand was that uh, television didn't come till 1960. So it was a very film, cinema-oriented culture. Um, and as a child, I, uh, like many New Zealanders, I think we had the highest ratio to population of films um, per year. Um, I, so I, it really brings together the, the idea of writing about the sports film, two things that, um, you know, two loves. Um, and um, that's basically how, how I came to it. But uh, I find the film, the sports film, a very interesting. Area. You talked at the beginning about the overview of um, the historical overview, and of course, sports films are amongst the very earliest films ever ever made. Um, boxing films, uh, baseball films, uh, cricket films, uh, soccer films, and and, 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 and so on. Um, so it's right there. I can see a cat. <laughs> um, uh, um, yeah, the, the uh, <laughs> uh, uh, right. So it's right there at the beginning, and um, I find um, sports films very, very interesting. That the sports film is a genre of, of uh, great plasticity. It sort of relates to comedy, uh, to uh, melodrama, and uh, so forth. I've got a list in the book of the various kind of intersections, the, the horror film even, uh, and, and so on. Um, I, I think that um, there's a sense in which um, you know, the sports man and woman, of course now, is one of the dominant figures of our time. If you talk about stardom, it's greater in a way than the movie stardom this is. Uh, maybe equals even pop stardom, the, the, the idea of the, um, the, the, the heroic sports figure. And um, uh, I, I, I quote in the book uh, David Foster Lawrence, the, 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 the American novelist, wrote a famous um, article about Roger Federer, how wonderful it was to watch Roger Federer, the um, tennis player, and, and he talks about kinetic beauty phrase kinetic beauty and reconciliation of the body which he felt when um, he, he, he watched Federer play. Um, and um, can we, if I could just quote, because I don't want to get it wrong, but um, the great um, uh, English 19th century essayist, um, uh, William Hazlitt, um, who wrote, he was perhaps the, the, the first um, uh, sports writer, and he wrote a, uh, a famous um, piece called The Fight, when he goes to watch an illegal great bare-knuckle fight in the 
And he also wrote an essay about the Indian jugglers, about their sort of extraordinary um, physical abilities, which uh, seemed to put him as a writer in, 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 in the shade. And at the end of this essay, he, he, um, he doesn't say that he's quoting himself, but he just inserts an obituary uh, of a famous sportsman of the time, a man called Kavanagh, who was a fives player. And he says about him, it was wonderful, I don't know why I didn't want to get it wrong, his eye was certain, his hand fatal, his presence of mind complete, he could do what he pleased, he always knew completely what to do. Um, you know, that might be, that's a description of a sportsman, but it might be an allegory of, of, of what we all wish to be and wish to do in any sphere of uh, life. Um, and, uh, of course, the thing about the sports film is that it's not just about sport. Right. It's about sport means. It's about the, 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 the meanings, the affirmative meanings, the negative meanings, the contradictions that it, uh, that it can, contains. So, obviously, it's something that uh, films uh, um, about uh, race and sports from about films about women and, and sport are dealing with areas which are very close to uh, part of things that are very, very important in, in, in the life of Yeah, I noticed that you start the book with a very brief discussion of Invictus, and that yeah. gave an example of film as, or sports as a nation building or a nation uh, it related to nations and nationalities and um, people as a group. So I can see where, and the other thing that I know the ones, the examples you gave, the, the, the four at the end are, you don't include a documentary, but documentaries are another area where sports documentaries have, uh, they've always been around, but in particularly more recent times, it's just become the norm that sports documentaries are so popular. I mean, we go all the way back to, uh, some of the ones that, uh, went in the early times, but even to this day, sports documentaries are so popular. That's right. You're absolutely right. And then, then I, I mean, I I I I, I didn't um, choose one as one of the four films at the end, but I could have. I, I tried to write a, a bit about them in the in the book. I talk about at some length about um, Laney Riefenstahl's Olympia, which right. uh, perhaps is the greatest, but also the most notorious of um, of all uh, sports documentaries. I um, talk. Uh, um, Quite a bit about uh, um, when we were kings. That that marvelous uh, documentary about um, the Muhammad Ali uh, Foreman fight in Kinshasa, right. which is a very interesting film because it's actually made up of two lots of film. It's somebody taking over an abandoned film from the time of the fight. Um, which was in, in Kinshasa with all the footage of the preparations for the fight and then the fight itself and a, a black music festival that was held at the same time with lots of American soul stars going out to Kinshasa as well. And then somebody took it over 20 years later and um, combined it with um, a lot of um, contextual film of what was going on in the in the Congo and um, people like um, Norman Mailer and Spike Lee being interviewed about their experience of the fight. So it's a very sort of multi-level 
Healthy Voice uh, documentary, and, and indeed, as you uh, as you suggest, um, documentary is a, is a major field of modern sports film. In fact, there's a new Ali film which I haven't seen, which has just opened in. in yeah, so that's that is, that's a subject almost by itself. When really, when you think about it, besides the narrative films, the documentaries. So uh, it's good that uh, you know they deserve their due as part of the whole as part of the whole genre. But uh, there's, as you've just pointed out, there's so much out there just with the documentaries. It shows how strong the genre is as far as films are concerned. Absolutely, yes. Um, in the book, you gave an the first part of the book is basically an overview of history of sports films, but then the second part you decide to detail four separate films, and you made a point of making sure that they weren't necessarily actually each each of them is for a different sport, so there's no repetition there, and only two of them are American, so you made sure to get some uh, national, you know, get outside of. Uh, probably what would be considered the most popular one. So what what made you decide to pick the four films? Actually, what are the four films and what drew you to each of them in particular? Okay, well, the, the four films are the uh, British film um, uh, Chariot of Fire about the, 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 the two athletes, Liddell and Abrahams, and their winning um, gold medals at the 1924 Olympic Games in, in, in uh, Paris. So it's a, kind of, it's a sort of sports, his, a sports history film based on um, uh, real events, though a certain degree of um, license as there has to be in, in, in all fiction films outside of uh, documentary. So that's one of them. The second one is the American very unusual American baseball film field of dreams. As I say in the book, it's, it's, a, it's a really a kind of meta-baseball film, isn't it? That, that there's hardly, you know, most uh, um, sports films and, and baseball films um, uh, among them have, um, you know, are centered around um, uh, going up the league or qualifying for the World Series or or, or whatever, but this has hardly any um, glimpses of um, actual baseball games in it. Yet, of course, it is all about baseball. The guy who uh, receives this mystic voice in the cornfields telling him uh, to go to the field and they will come. Um, so that, that, that's just the second of the films. The third film is um, the uh, epic Indian film. So we've got a, a, a saying they're, they're, they're films from deliberately from different uh, nations. Um, this is a film with um, uh, uh, that's very different um, in some ways from, from Western films. Not, not always. Uh, it's got a, a subtitle Once Upon a Time in um, India, which obviously makes you think of the Sergio Leone Right. Uh, about America, once upon a time in the West and once upon a time in America. And, um, but, but on the other hand, it, it, it um, uh, has uh, something that, that um, Western and American films about sport don't have, and, and that is um, songs and, 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 and dances, unless they're, of course, there are some musicals, mostly baseball musicals, aren't they? Damn Yankees. Right. 
um, the big me out of war game, but but this is um, the masala style of Indian filmmaking, the Bollywood style, where melodrama, comedy, everything is is, is there, and the, the musical numbers are a huge um, part of, of 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 the film. So there's um, that. That's the third. Book. What was and the name? You, you didn't mention that. What's the title of the film? Is Lagan. Yes. And the what's the, what's the sport? The sport, yeah, the sport is cricket, which of course is the the, the, the great sport of um, India, taken over from the English uh, colonists, and it's set back historically. So it's uh, you know back in the um, eighteen, I remember the date, the eighteen eighties or so. Um, the, the, for people who don't know that what, what, what happens in this film, the, the um, British soldiers play the, the um, English and colonial game of, 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 of cricket, which was taken up by the Indians, the Pakistanis, the West Indians, the Australians, and, the Indians, and so on. Um, and um, they're, 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 they have an extremely nasty um, uh, officer who. who um, has it in for um, one of one of the Indians, and, and when uh, he hears people, Indians watching the, the British playing and saying, "Doing what a what a silly game," and uh, he gets very angry at this, and he uh, says, "Look, um, we're going to raise the tax on you." Lagan means tax. Oh, okay. And um, uh, we'll raise the tax unless. If you think this game is so easy and so silly, you can in six months uh, get together a team that will beat our army, our resident army team. If so, we'll let you off the tax. If you lose, um, the tax will be trebled. So we've got this extraordinary plot where, whereby Bhuvan, the hero, has to um, find uh, a team of people who've never played cricket, never heard of, 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 of the game. And... Um, uh, the, the sister of, of the villain is, is the, the colonist. She's just come out to to um, India on a holiday, and she's sympathetic to the Indians, and she gives them lessons in, in, in cricket, so female teaches them the, the game. And, um, of course, there's a, a extraordinary things happen along the way. Um, the... the, 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 the um, People who are found to, to be in the team um, include um, a, a Sikh who has actually played in the British Army, um, uh, Doctor, uh, um, uh, the chicken farmer who um, owns his, um, uh, his, his his reactions by catching chickens, and uh, a guy who uh, operates a slingshot. Who, who turns out to be a very good bowler and an untouchable, who uh, and an, an untouchable who um, has a crippled arm, but uh, his crippled arm actually enables him to spin the ball in an amazing way. Though his inclusion in the team causes uh, ill feeling amongst uh, people who won't have anything to do with the untouchables. In any way, um, it all builds up to a terrific climax, a game that is something like 70 minutes long with, of course, interruptions. Um, uh, and, and very dramatic. 
And I was going to say, uh, uh, we were going to talk about that film separately, but you've already given quite a bit of detail with, so we'll keep going with that part of it before we talk yeah. about the fourth film. Um, the concept of a, a nearly four hour film dealing with cricket, yeah. a game that isn't particularly known for drama by a lot of people. And I, I, yeah. I can imagine in India, it would probably be well understood, but in other parts of the world, you have to wonder sometimes about how well will it be picked up by people who have no real, uh, have heard of the game, but um, how well do they, do, do, does the filmmaker describe the sport as far as, uh, or is it the assumption he make? does the filmmaker make the assumption that most people who are going to watch it already understand the game at least somewhat? Right. Well, of course, um, some audiences do, but, but um, some overseas audiences, I guess European and, and, and um, American audiences that are not from a you know, cricket-playing culture um, uh, would not understand anybody who's fit the game, but it's but of course, the game, like all sports and all films, sports films, is made understandable by a process of simplification. Now, this is not just true of a cricket film, right. but it's true of a baseball film, which played American football, soccer. Um, you know, it is the game is reduced to its essentials, to its dramatic essentials, which in cricket are really much the same as in baseball. That that. Just as the it's the pitcher against the batsman with with the people on the fielders on the, at the bases um, in in cricket it's the bowler against the batsman and um, you know it, 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 it can be narrowed uh, down to that and then you can add a bit of complexity because you've got to also please people who know a bit about the sport otherwise they'll think this is just silly this is just a travesty so you've got to um, get people who don't know it to understand and at the same time um, do something that will please um, uh, aficionados. Um, so I, one of the interesting things, if you, if you go and, or anyone who's um, watching, go and look up IMDB, the, the International Media Database, which has got all the information right. about every film. I, found, I just went through this morning. And, and um, there are about 230 people who've um, put their opinions of the gun. And they're from all over the world, you know, from Brazil, from everywhere. They, they're people who know nothing about cricket. And they, um, the vast majority of them find the film exciting and, uh, and interesting. Um, I think the other, the other thing is that, that when you get the film... When you get action sequences, sports action sequences in the film, um, they're always um, built around emotional identification. Um, you, you know the players who are the, the central actors who are, who, are, who are playing in the teams. You know what they're suffering or hoping or their weaknesses and, and, and so forth. And there, there will be people in the audience uh, of the game reporters or family or whatever. So you've got a, you've got a constant um, emotional ties with, with the character. It's not just a game that you're seeing. Right. But you're seeing uh, people you know or care about or hate um, play, playing the game. And I think that, that in that sense, um, 
Lagan isn't so different from, from all other sport films. I mean, for instance, it, um, I do not un understand all the rules of um, uh, American football, which is sort of pretty complicated. Some of the rules are pretty complicated and different from third football games. And yet, you know, I think that uh, um, even though I don't understand technically everything that's going on in the game, I think that um, any given Sunday, right, the fourth film, Stone or the fourth film, is um, is, a is a terrific film. Um, so the, 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 those are the um, those are the four films I chose them. Yes, as you said, for because they're from dif different um, nationalities. There are two American. Uh, forms there, and, 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 and though one of the things I try to do with the book is kind of combat an over-identification of the sports film with um, American sports and, and Hollywood. Nevertheless, um, uh, American films about sport are, have, have um, been dominant in the history of the, of the genre, so it's right that there should be two American films there. But there's a British film and an Indian film, and they're all very different in terms of style. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, the the, um, the the Oliver Stone film is um, it's Oliver Stone. <laughs> it's a little over the top. <laughs> it's a lot over the top, actually. And but yeah, uh, uh, but I love it. <laughs> it. That's just the way Oliver Stone makes his movies. But uh, it's his one sports film, so in that sense, it uh, it's interesting. And some people would say it's a lot more accurate in some ways of its view of football than than what it got credit for when it came out because of it's over the, you know, there's always been this issue with American football where it's, it's its own game and, uh, they don't like playing. They don't like it being, uh, satirized or made fun of, especially the NFL. And of course, Oliver Stone chose to present excesses of the game instead of just uh, uh, talking about it's not a pure game in the way he shows it. That's for sure. The whole issue is related to, to drugs and both the legal and illegal kind and, and issues of financing and what you have to do to, to support a team and, and things like that. It, it's an interesting um, way of presenting what he sees as truth, but in a way that a lot of people probably didn't care for because it took away the um, – what they saw as the purity of the game. Yes, yeah. And one of the ironic things about this is that the coach, who's a very Pacino, played by Pacino, who is a very complex character, is uh, you know somebody who, in a sense, uh, although he does things that he shouldn't do, and, and uh, is, is guilty of some of the excesses. Uh, of, of, of the of the modern game, he constantly harks back to the purity of the of, of, of the game um, as he as he sees it, and um, uh, hates the uh, way in which television has changed the rules of the game for, for commercial reasons. These breaks that he has a culmination. Do you remember about right. the the the, the, uh, the way in which the game has been? Uh, Broken up and slowed down to an order length uh, for, um, for for commercial reasons. I think it is a, an enormously interesting film because um, 
in this modern era where where you know, sport is a business um, uh, in a way that uh, you know was only just on the horizon, just glimpsed in in um, chariots of fire, but you know now. You know, that was still the era of amateurism. Now it's a commodity. It's a huge business, isn't it? It's, right. Um, and, and I think that he, that one of the things that he does is, is um, uh, base the film around that and the tensions that exist um, in, in modern sport because of it. I mean, the, the, one of the things that, that happens in the, in the narrative is that the... the the, the, the new brilliant quarterback um, is uh, uh, well. He's at one stage he is hated by his own team, who won't even protect him um, because uh, during the plays because he is so individualistic and the, the fight between him and the coach as to whether he follows the playbook and uh, things of, um, of that kind. Um, so, so it, it is a film that, that um, catches many of the aspects of, of, of one sport, and of course, um, the controversy about um, injuries in, in um, American football and the neurological injuries, which is now starting to to be thought about in terms of rugby, rugby league, and even soccer, football. England and um, you have in um, the, the, the in, 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 in Stone's film situations where even the the, 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 the character played by Pacino um, exceeds to uh, players going on playing even when one of the players it's Cap Rooney in the film has a a broken neck, right? And um, uh, 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 um, anything at any moment he could suffer a, a, a fatal injury. He doesn't, but uh, uh, so I, that, that, that sort of sense of violence, which, which on the other hand, of course, um, Stone likes too. He, he he finds it poetic and kind of uh, you know, sort of martial poetry. Um, Clashing helmets and colours and, and so forth. So it's full of contradictions, full of different things. But I think this is, a, you know, it's a good instance, which would hold true of all the other films, that it, that it deals with um, many things uh, that, are, that are in the air. And, uh, it's not just a little neat narrative. Right. I think that was one of the things that I found interesting about, because if you go back now and look at any given Sunday, as you've already pointed out, there's a lot in there now that's mirroring current attitudes with football. And as you say, other sports where injuries um, are becoming more and more viewed as, as the issues they can, they can call it the kind of injuries you can get. And he talked about them, uh, you know, in that film. And, and so it was normal that, um, those kind of things happen as part of that film. But as I say, I know that was one of the controversial aspects when the movie came out because we had had other football films, but it was the first one where I really believe that Stone 
wasn't going to try to sugarcoat things. He was going to present it the way he saw it. And, and I mean, like I say, of all the previous films related to football, I mean, North Dallas 40 had a lot of the, the drug use issues, but I think the violence part was where Stone really made sure that he wasn't going to soft, make it soft. He was going to try to bring out the violence aspect as much as he could. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think that's true. So, I mean, you know, all four of the films, uh, I think, you know, are, they're all very good films. I, 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 I don't like writing about films that, that, I, that I don't respond to, that it's rather dull and boring. And, and they all, it seems to me, um, show something um, about the genre and the possibilities of, 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 of the genre, that, that um, uh, you know, they, 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 they tell you something about um, how other sports films might be, or they, they clarify certain issues about making films about sports and so on. Um, speaking of which, since you had indicated you're not going to write about films that you didn't like, which makes sense to me. Um, can you talk some about sports films that you feel, feel are underappreciated? That is, they're, you believe yeah. they're great films, but for whatever reason, they don't seem to be as popular as, uh, as others. Yeah. I, I, I'll restrict them. I'll restrict this because I think probably the main audience that, that we have may be American. I mean, I could talk about films which, um, you know, one would hope people did know that there's some marvelous South Korean boxing films, for instance, Champion and um, Crying Fist, a, a wonderful Thai boxing film about a transvestite boxer called uh, Beautiful Boxer. But these you probably, people probably would find very difficult to see. So I'll restrict myself to um, American films. And I, and I thought of two. One is um, Gentleman Jim. Raoul Walsh, 1942, which is uh, the biopic of um, uh, James J. Corbett, the, 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 the heavyweight boxer in the century, who defeated, well, just before that, defeated John L. Sullivan um, and, and uh, was uh, thought of as the first um, revolutionary scientific boxer, fast and, and, and sort of accurate, rather than the old brawling type. Um, Donovan was a brawler, enormously strong, but um, Corbett beat him and, and um, initiated a new era of, of, of boxing. Um, now, this is a biopic and um, one of the kind of foundational set of films of the genre is the classic American biopic. If you think of all those films like um, Jim Thorpe, All-American, Knut, I don't know what Newt Rockne, Newt Rockne, All-American is. Yeah. Does one say Knut or Newt? Newt. Knut. <laughs> yeah, Newt. No, you Newt. don't pronounce Newt. the K. Okay, Newt Rockne. Famous Newt for Ronald Reagan as uh, Gip, as the Gip. Gipper, who dies, the death of the Gipper. Yes, indeed. You know your film as well. Um, so, well, I so, know my Ronald Reagan well, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the death of the Gipper. Uh, uh, yes, um, uh, win one for me, boys. Yes. 
which is actually quoted in the um, field of dreams. Um, so there's a sort of intertextuality of sports um, films. Uh, but anyway, I was saying, of, yes, of the, the, the American biopic, those, um, uh, those, those films, which um, at one level are very distortive and very uh, idealized, but, but extraordinarily interesting. And um, uh, have these um, thematics in which sports, you know, plays a vital part in American life, particularly in the in, in the case of many of them, of, of um, moving immigrants or a symbolic figure of, of the immigrant up the social ladder. I mean, Lou Brockley is Norwegian, um, Lou Gehrig is German, isn't he? Um, the type of the Yankees. Um, his sister is dad early in the film when they come to America. Um, don't talk Norwegian, dad. We're all Americans now, and so this um, moving up the ladder through symbolised through the the, the, the sports hero, and uh, in in the case of uh, James Corbett, who's played by Errol Flynn, um, it's um, the Irish. So he, 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 he's a, a, an Irish American, and um, he comes from a brawling uh, family. Uh, a lot of the sort of Raoul Walsh uh, comedy of, 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 of the family, the father and the, the sons brawling. But uh, Corbett um, is more refined. He, he um, works in a bank. He uh, marries a society girl. He works his way up, and his boxing is is the um, Equivalent of that, it's a, 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 a scientific boxing. It's more graceful. The whole thing really is about um, uh, the world becoming uh, more refined uh, through the unrefined sport of um, boxing, which has been a paradox. There's one other thing that I, I just love about that film. It has, has I think, one of the biggest uh, small scenes in it. Of, of, uh, uh, illustration of it in, in the frame from between the book. Corbett wins um, the, the, the great fight against Sullivan, obviously the old champion about. And he has a party, a victory party. And the victory party is not a sort of all boys together um, booze up, but it's uh, a society party. You know, there are um, beautiful people there, women in ball gowns. Um, it's a, you know, it's a symbol of how far he's uh, he's come. And he's standing in front of a big mirror, um, and in the mirror he can see both himself. He's a rather narcissistic figure, as played by Emily and um, there, there you can see all, all, all the people, in the, some of the people in the room, and. Um, Suddenly, Sullivan comes into the room, the defeated, broken old champion. And he, he's not coming to pick a fight and fight it again outside of the ring. He's not come to say, I was robbed, he was robbed, and, 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 and so on. But he's come as a sort of rather slightly humble figure to um, admit that he's lost and um, do the right thing and, and um, uh, congratulate Corbett. But there's a, and, and then all because this party is, 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 is um, all um, sort of uh, uh, happiness and, 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 and um, 
sort of the ecstasy of winning, but you can see that, that, that a kind of shade passes over um, corporate at this point, that, that, that for a moment is filled with melancholy thoughts. This is all implicit, it's not said. It's all implicit uh, that, that Sullivan's defeat is what will happen to him. It's what happens to everyone. You, you lose in the end. Right. And Corbett knows that. And I just think it's a, it's a wonderful thing all done in the, the, in the field of the mirror, seeing himself in, in Sullivan. Hmm. I get the impression, maybe I'm wrong, but without thinking through carefully, but it seems like boxing films, more than almost any other sports film, you almost always have to have at least one scene of losing in them. Uh, obviously, it just seems that that's part of the, the up and down, or, you know, the you have to go all the way to the bottom to come back up and, and that attitude. Um, and for whatever reason, like I say, I could be wrong if we looked at other films, but uh, boxing more than anything, maybe it's because it's a solo sport. I mean, it's it's one person. Uh, you can have your trainers and your other people, but it's really a single you're, you're, you're by yourself, unlike other sports, which often are team based. Um, so it, it tends to be very more draws itself as a genre to uh, thinking about the individual and their ups and downs. Yes, yes, no, no, I, I think that, that that's right, and there are. It seems to me that the boxing film, more than any other kind of film, um, especially American sports films, are, are generally very optimistic, you know, that they, they, they you, you may sort of fall along the way, but you come back and you, you know, you eventually triumph in the end. But in boxing films, this is not, Necess this happens sometimes in, in boxing films, but it's not necessarily so. That, that it's the genre, subgenre, that is most licensed to present um, failure. You know, of course, it's not actually a, it's not a boxing film, but it has boxing references in it. What references in it? Um, Marlon Brando in, in on the waterfront. I could have been a contender. Right. Boxing a one-way one-way ticket to Palookaville. You know? and, and then, of course, there's the most negative boxing film that would be Raging Bull. Yes, yes. Raging Bull is, is, is and, and another wonderful boxing film is, is um, John Huston's uh, film Fat City. Where there is no glamour, glamour, glamorous element at all. Both there are two boxers in it who, who are buddies. One's older than the, than the other, and they're both very good, but they're never going to get the big break. And it's just a kind of working class job uh, that, that they maybe could have done better at, but don't manage to. And uh, it's a film about. You know, losing rather than winning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, what was the second film you were going to uh, mention? Well, the second film is um, John Milius's um, film Big Wednesday, which I like a, 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 a great deal. I don't know. Um, maybe uh, I imagine that it has a fan following, but um, I don't see it written about very much. It's of course a film about surfing, right. and um, surfing, at least as it's done in this film, is not a competitive sport. Um, you don't win 
I know that there are surfing competitions where you do get points in that, but here you don't. It's just sort of riding the big swell uh, and what your contemporaries, what your peers think of you. Um, there, there, there's no prizes. Um, and uh, it, it's interesting in, 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 in that way. Um, but Pierre Bourdieu says that you know, surf, surfing is a sort of a Californian countercultural sport and it doesn't have all these um, uh, licensed competitions in the way other, 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 other sports do. So that's interesting, but, but what is also very interesting is it, it's a film that stretches out over quite a long period and um, starts with the heroes in, 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 um, sort of in adolescence and um, follows them uh, through several, quite a few years uh, until really their, their surfing has ended. The, the guru, uh, the older guru who they consult with sometimes, a man called Bear, um, says nobody surfs forever. This is a very elegiac film. It's about the passing of youth. Um, and they, 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 you know, to go on surfing, uh, they, they're going on surfing at the time that other kids are having to get jobs. There's a kind of protected middle class idol that can't last for, forever. Um, and of course, uh, the way in which it doesn't last here is, is, is the rude interruption of the draft for Vietnam that brings things to the war. So I, 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 I think this is a sort of elegiac film about the death of hopes and you know getting older and, and so forth, which of course um, uh, sport does dramatise very much. Every champion, every sort of John Elsoft, every champion, um, you know, goes meets somebody younger. I think in some ways it's it's the part about sports films that can be the hardest in that. Sports, as a, especially on, a, on the upper levels, tends to be a young person's game. They're young person games. And how do you uh, make sure that you can reach people who either aren't athletic, as you mentioned earlier, or um, are older? And therefore, how do you make sure that you reach those people as far as the film is concerned? And I think you're right that the you do that with the emotions. You do that with the story. Yeah. Well, I, th I, th I think that um, you know, anybody who has uh, played sports anyway is, 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 is sort of still interested and nostalgic, you know, for the, um, you know, uh, they continue watching sports. And uh, um, I guess people do more than they do more than they, they used to. But I mean, sport is such a huge part of uh, uh, modern life, isn't it? And the this newspaper discourse of sport and I'm sure American papers oh, are like that. <laughs> so there's a whole sports section every day with fifty years ago it would have been a couple of pages, but now they're every day. 
Yeah, I, I think sports as a as a commodity, as you meant, you know, using the word commodity again. It, you're right. I mean, here in the United States, where we have a lot of newspapers going out of print business, where they no longer print regularly, or they only print every other day, and the the most important part of each paper, is, as far as I think they're concerned, is the sports section. And and you'll see a paper where the first three sections of news related or business is short and then the sports pages go on for ever and ever as far as and they've got to get all the local local sports are just as important sure is. Yeah. okay what about john excuse me gender in sports films uh you talk a little bit about this but i'd like to see what you had to say about the challenges when you have films with female sports figures Right. Well, I'm not um, sure about this. I mean, I um, I suppose those challenges are built into many of the of the narratives. Um, for instance, in in um, a league of their a league, a league of, of their, their own <laughs> um, <laughs> happens to be my favorite sports film, but. Oh, is it? Yes. Okay, right. And then I think, um, yeah, I, I uh, you'll of course then re- remember how um, you know Tom Hanks uh, <laughs> resents having to uh, deal with uh, women uh, baseball players, and then he says there's no crying in baseball, baseball and things of, uh, of, of of this kind. And, and, and so many of the films, and I suppose this may well decrease with female participation in, in sport and, and, and uh, women's sports having a much higher uh, profile, but many sports films do, um, you know, begin with, with uh, sort of embodying prejudice against uh, women playing, playing sport. For instance, the... Um, uh, a, a wonderful Indian film called Chakde India, which is about women's uh, women's hockey. Not correct uh, for Americans, uh, what you would call field hockey, right. not perhaps hockey. Um, uh, and and um, the, the, the Indian sort of hockey board of control um, just is not interested in women's hockey at all, and, and, and they. So they're not going to let the team go to the, um, the world championship in Australia, and um, what they, you know, they say women, you know, should be in the kitchen, and the men are not running out on the field in, in, in um, short skirts, and, 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 and so on. So that's a, that's a, that's something that does happen with with, with uh, many um, women's films, and as I say, as as. The world becomes more accustomed to female sports, and it probably happen um, less. Um, and I think it's a very interesting film called When um, Billy Beat Bobby. I don't know if you come across that about that um, extraordinary extravaganza when the, the agent Bobby Riggs, an right. expert champion, but, but, but uh, pretty uh, agent for a tennis player. Um, Said um, Billie Jean King to decide as it were whether uh, women tennis players could, could could beat male tennis players. And of course, it was a, uh, a, a, a an unfair contest in the sense that, that she was pretty much at her peak, and he 
um, you know, hadn't played seriously for years. So as presented in the film, um, this is more interested in, in, in hype and so forth than the, than the thing itself. Um, yeah, but actually, that film is, sorry. I actually remember that live because I'm old enough to remember when that was all going on. And it was right as the women's movement was reaching its peak, really. So it became a uh, social event as much as an athletic event. Well, it's, it's I mean, you know, it's, it's a very curious film. Um, but it's almost two films in one that never quite meshed together, which you could say is a sort of failure as a film, but it's just, just terrifically interesting because it's dealing with, with, with uh, such complex matters. Half the film wants to say um, this is a terrific moment for feminism. At the end of the film, there's a sort of cascade of um, women who come on screen and, and, and tell you how um, Billy's victory, Billy Jean's victory, inspired them to become brain surgeons or whatever, you know, that, that sort of thing. And on the other hand, it's obvious, but it's um, a big sort of razzle dazzle and hype and. and, and uh, brings this, um, you know, a, a sort of pleasant hustler who is way past steady, serious tenets. So um, it's, uh, it very much belongs to its time, but it's, uh, it's interesting. And we still see that, though, in not in films so much, but in the, the, the gender issue. And, for example, we've seen it in golf more than once uh, in golf. Uh, Michelle Wee and Annika Sorenstam playing with men. Uh, not so much in other sports because of their nature of difference, but just the quality, the, the idea of uh, is women's can women's sports be of the same quality as men's sports and that whole issue. And and we see it in, in the United States, particularly in basketball, where that's a regular discussion and other sports as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, 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 um, I guess there are certain sports in which it seems to be that in equestrian events we can do very well, and horse jumping and things of that, and do just as well as men. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I there, there's only ever been one in Seattle. There was a unlicensed male versus female boxing match at the same weight. There's a film called right. uh, uh, Girl Fight. It's quite a good film about a girl boxer um, who uh, is drawn to fight her boyfriend but uh, she still loves him but just might not out. Um, I, there's another film that I, I uh, uh, in the film that I think is terrific. I don't know how, how well known it is in America. Um, it's called um, Offside by an Iranian. I don't know whether um, it's known, an Iranian director called Jafar Panahi. This is a film about um, girls in um, Tehran who are crazy about soccer, about football. And there's a, a, a World Cup qualifier going on. And they, of course, the, the, the women aren't allowed to right. watch in athletes and, and, and vice versa. And they dress up as boys to get into the game. And they're arrested and um, they're being guarded by young soldiers as they come up from the country. Um, and uh, 
very, very sort of interesting relationship develops. Not not sort of sexual relationships, but the, the, the men and the women actually talk to, to talk to each other, which is the last thing that the war wants. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And these girls, I mean, you know, so certainly uh, uh, women's football may be um, a slightly different game from, from men's football, but mm-hmm. there isn't much difference in this world between the female fans and both of the male fans. It's an interesting title, too, Offside. It definitely can be taken. It's got two meanings in this particular case, and it's very clear the two meanings. Yes, absolutely. What are your plans going forward? Are you working on any specific writing projects now? Yeah, I've edited and and written some of with with, um, uh, a younger guy who's um, ex, an ex-student of mine who specializes in um, children's and family films, which is a family film. And so we've uh, got a collection of um, essays by various people so it's on children's and family, family films, and that's coming up generally, I think, perfectly. that's coming up there. And I... I've got a couple of projects. I'm, I'm trying to write something about Danny Kaye, who hasn't anything serious written, written about in um, I'm trying to do that. And going back to one of my uh, great film loves, which is the films of Lubitsch, Lubitsch. Yeah, the Danny Kay book, that, that sounds very interesting because he is, you want to talk about an underappreciated person. I mean, people who know, uh, who are familiar with him will say he was one of the greatest uh, in his area. And he is underappreciated today because that whole area is not paid attention to very much by the average person. Yes, yes. I mean, the, 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 he still has a sort of, I mean, this probably is not going to be a book, but a, but a long, mm-hmm. a, he, he still could you set around on the internet as a big fan base. still like his films, but critics don't. They only tend to accuse him of well, that sounds good. Well, thank you for discussing your book with me. I'm glad we had a chance to talk. Well, that's very, very nice. Yes, I've enjoyed it. I want to thank Bruce Babington for his time. I think you will find his book both entertaining and informative. This is Joel Cherney, and I will be back soon with more New Books in Film.